I'd like to especially welcome you that are here for the first time. Uh, good to see the church really full. So when I started my thinking what I was going to share about this morning, uh, there were some verses that caught my attention as I was reading through Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30, and it actually ties in well with uh, the scripture reading, stood out to me, and, and you'll, you'll find out what it is in just a little bit, but uh, the title of my message is God as Our Shield. And like I said, it was mentioned two times, I think, in Psalms there where it referred to God as our shield. It says in Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is our shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. So it's very clear as you read those verses there that what we hold in our hands is, uh, and what we have memorized in our heart, it's, it's precious and it's holy. It's, it's something that is, is very special, what God's words. And it's a, it's, it's a tangible connection that we can have with God as we open up the book of the Bible, as we read the words of God. It's a, it's a, it's a connection that we can have with God. We can see it with our own eyes, and we can literally internalize the words of God into our heart as we memorize it. But we're warned to not add anything to God's written words or we'll be reproved by God, or in other words, we'll be punished by God if we add anything to the words of God. And I think it'll become clear quickly uh, our pride and our superiority that we're trying to, you know, if we're trying to add words to what's already written, it, our pride and our superiority will quickly become exposed of, of who we really are. But the word trust comes up in that verse that I read. Every word of God is pure. He is our shield unto them that put their trust in him. So as we trust in God, which is, in other words, just saying as we have faith in God, God is our protector and he's our shield. And that's what I'd like to focus on, that, that part of the verse about God being our shield. So I need two young people, and I've kind of picked you out ahead of time. Austin and Logan, where are you guys at? If you want to come up here, I need you to demonstrate something. I'm going to let you have a shield if you want to stand right over here, if you hold this just like this right here. And Logan, if you stand uh, about right here. Okay, and I want you to toss these, not real hard, I mean you could, but... Just kind of throw it at, at low, try to aim for his chest area right here. And Austin, I want you to kind of use the shield to defend yourself, okay? So you, you kind of block these missiles. Okay, good job. Okay, you can lay it down there and we'll... Thank you, you can go back. Okay, did you notice how when... Logan was throwing these missiles at, we'll call them missiles, they were beanbags, but he was throwing these missiles at Austin. Austin was using the shield to defend himself. Um, if they'd have been real things, he would have definitely wanted to be defending himself from, from the missiles that were being thrown at him. But uh, notice how it was a defensive weapon. Uh, he was defending himself. He, was, he wasn't going after Austin at all, but, I mean, after Logan, but Austin was just standing there, and he was defending himself 
from the missiles that were thrown at them. But I'm going to, go, I'm going to be going into more details as how the shield can be used in another way in a little bit. But first, I want to give a little bit of historical background of shields before we get into some other things. The Bible dictionary says that shields of the Egyptians were about twice as high as they were wide. So that means they were more rectangular, oblong shaped. And often they were curved at the top and square at the bottom. So you had a shield that was, it was square at the bottom, went up, and then it was kind of curved like this right here. So that, that's, and, and they, they pretty much covered, not the whole body, but they were, from what pictures I saw, they were about this tall or so, and they would hold it in their arm, and, and they would use that to shield their body. Then the Assyrians, they were another group of people back in the Bible times. They used shields that were more curved as well as oblong in shape, so their shields were more curved like this right here. They, they were also tall and rectangular, oblongular shape, but they were, they were curved like this right here. And uh, they, they, they were to protect the combatant from, from the enemy. They were to protect the whole body. And on top of the shield, literally on top of the shield, there was a curved part on, on a lot of the Assyrian shields that kind of curved up and over like this right here, or else they went up straight and did a 90 degree. It was just like a right angle at the top. And it protected the, it was more like a roof over top of the combatant. And it was used... Um, to combat the, or to, to protect the combatant as he was going into battle, if, especially if they were up against a wall, it would protect the combatant from anything that was thrown from above, like if they were, if there was someone on the wall and they were shooting arrows down or throwing rocks or something like that, they, they were protected from the top. And sometimes the shields, they were put side by side, just like this, and they, they were used to form a wall. So as they were advancing, maybe in a siege or, or advancing together as an army, the people would go forward as a wall with the shields, you know, all set up, and it would protect the people behind them also. And most shields, they were made out of um, a wood wicker frame that was covered by rawhide, and a lot of times they were, it used, they had the hair facing outward and oftentimes, they also covered the shields with gold or silver, brass, copper. And then when the sun shone on them, it just created a real dazzling, brilliant effect. So, and I can't help but think that, and the Bible mentioned it one place. I didn't write it down. It talked about the, how the, their shields shone as, I think, I forget how it was, as the sun, I think it said. But anyhow, the, I think they probably used that to their, their advantage and, made, and tried to see which way the sun was shining and, you know, when they used these real bright shields. So why would I want God as my shield? The Bible talks about, I'll just read that verse again. It says, every word of God is pure. He is our shield unto them that put their trust in him. Why would I want God to be my shield? And I think the answer is obvious. Who better could protect us from what Satan throws at us on a daily basis than God. God is the best protector that we can have. He is our shield. And we know that Satan, we know that God is a very effective shield because in Job, Satan complained to God in Job 1.10 that he complained that he couldn't touch Job because God had put a hedge of protection around Job and his house and all that he had. And in effect, God had put a shield 
around Job. But God, in his sovereignty, knew what Job could handle, and he pulled back that shield. And it says that he told Satan that he would pull back his protection for a while, just for a while, and he would let Satan uh, get at Job's possessions and, and his other his uh, children and that sort of thing. But he continued to have that shield over Job's life. So Job had this shield of protection because he feared God and he avoided evil. The Bible says in Job chapter 1, verse 8, that he was a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. That means he avoided evil. So it was because of that that, that he was able to have this protection. And we likewise, we can have God's protection as we put our trust and our faith in God. So back to Proverbs 30, verse 5. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. So we need to put our trust in God. And I'll come back to putting our trust in God in a little bit, but what does God's shield look like? So as I thought about that question, you know, what does God's shield look like? And I was in kind of for a big surprise of what God's shield looks like. It, it did look like what I expected, but there's another thing, aspect about a shield that kind of surprised me. And I had to change my mental picture of how God uses his shield. So my picture of how God uses his shield for us was, it was more along the lines of Matthew 23, verse 37, where God's protection of Jerusalem is depicted as a mother hen shielding her young chicks under her wings. And you all have probably seen that where a, a mother hen, she kind of hunkers down and has her, puts her feathers out, clucks, and the, and the chicks come and run and get underneath her wings. It's a real good picture of, of how God protects protects us. And while it is true that, that God is our protector as a large shield, and nothing can get at us as long as we stay behind God's shield, God, God is that type of a, a shield. And there's verses that, that go along with that. Matthew, or Psalms 5, verse 12 says that for those that do righteously, God's favor will encompass them as with a shield. And compass means that it's just going to be all around us. Once again, you know, that's, that's the picture you have of the mother hen with her chicks. It just encompasses the chicks, you know, it just covers them. So my view of God as a protecting shield in a defensive way, it, it was correct and it is correct. It still is that way. But God's shield is more than that. God uses his shield to protect not only us in defense, but in offense, as our deliverer. And that's the part that I, that I was missing and I'd like to share with you also. And I guess it shouldn't have surprised me, but when I looked up shield in the concordance and cross-referenced the words, the word shield gives the idea that it's a buckler. Shield is actually used that way quite a few times when I looked it up in the Strong's concordance. It, it kind of gives the idea that it's a buckler. And I had heard of the word buckler before, but I really didn't know what a buckler was. And um, so I had to look that up also. So I went to the Bible dictionary, and lo and behold, a buckler is a shield, but it's a small shield. It's not a big shield. 
and it was used in hand-to-hand combat. It was more for personal defense, I guess, but it was more of an offensive, it was used offensively. It was, it was much lighter and much smaller. It was about, they say, 18 inches or smaller. So that's 18 inches right there. So you got a circle about this big. It would be smaller than the trash can lid that, that, uh, that you were using. But uh, so 18 inches is about this big. So a buckler is about this big or smaller, they said. So, so that's, that's about this, what, what we're looking at when we think of a buckler. And, um, and it was used aggressively in combat, and like I said, in hand-to-hand combat. It was used to protect yourself, not only your, you know, to, to protect this part of your arm, but also to protect yourself from the blows of you know, your, your soldier. Your, your, like I said, you were hand-to-hand combat, so you had a sword in this hand and a buckler here, and the other person you're fighting was just right here. And so you were using this to defend yourself. You know, he was coming, I don't know how he used a sword, but he was trying to get you with the sword, and you were protecting yourself with, with the buckler, the, the, the little shield. And uh, like I said, the weight, it was a lot lighter. It didn't wear you out. And it was very effective in, it wasn't very effective in defect, de- deflecting like uh, spears, arrows, and things from a distance that were coming at you. It was more for close contact. So like I said, it was used in conjunction with a sword as an offensive weapon. It was part of the offensive gear. So when I read verses like in Proverbs 30, verse 5, it opened up a whole new perspective of God fighting for me with a buckler and a sword, and he, on, he was being on, him being on the offensive, a deliverer. Think of God's shield as a, not only as a, a big shield, but as a little shield, and him delivering you, him going to battle for you and delivering you. So going back, I'm just going to read Proverbs 3, verse 5 again. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield, and, and in this place here it is used as a, I mean, it refers, if, if I cross-referenced it there right, it's used referring back to a buckler. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Psalms 3, verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Then Psalms 115.9. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. So turn to uh, Psalms 91 verses 1 to 4. I want to read those few verses. Psalms 91 verses 1 to 4. Very familiar verses. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, my God in whom will I trust. All pictures of a shield there. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. So it's referring there to um, <clears throat> a shield and a buckler. And here we can see how God is protecting us with a large shield of defense. In verse 1 it says, we're under his shadow. 
And then he's depicted as a fortress in verse 2. That's, a, again, I look at that as more of a defensive uh, fortress as a defensive structure. And that's more of a, a, you know, a big shield. And then in verse 4, and he's depicted as a mother hen again. As, as a, you know, we can get under the mother hen. You know, he, he protects us like a mother hen. And that's the way I always picture God as a defensive shield. But he's more. He's our deliverer. In verse 3, when we get ensnared by evil, and often evil is depicted, or the devil is depicted as a fowler, God then is a shield of offense. He's a buckler, and he will deliver us. And then verse 4 ends with, His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. So I want to think a little bit about his truth because it's our shield and our buckler. Thinking of truth, there's, uh, there's different verses in the Bible that talk of God's word as being truth. You have John 17, 17, where it says, Thy word is truth. And if the word of God is truth, which it is, and God's word is a sword, as depicted in several places in the Bible, Ephesians 6, verse 17, and Hebrews 4, 12, they both depict the sword as <clears throat> being God's word, then I believe it's imperative that we stay in the word of God because it's through our obedience to God's word that God will protect us and he will deliver us. And I think um, for each of us, we need that reminder, and, and I feel like I need that reminder as much as anyone, to stay in the Word of God because it's through the obedience to the God's Word that God will protect me and deliver me, and He'll do the same for each one of us. So building on what Verlin shared last Sunday from 1 Corinthians 11, there's an authority structure in the Bible. We have, we have God, and then we have man and a husband, we have women, and, or wife, and the children. And then there's also, there's government authority, there's uh, church authority, there's, there's school authorities, there, there's a lot of authority structures kind of throughout life that, that we enter into. There's authorities, like I said, at work. But when we, when we get out from under this God-ordained structures that are set up, we expose ourselves to evil attacks from Satan that otherwise we could have been protected from because we were under this uh, shield of authority. I brought an umbrella along here to kind of help us to visualize it a little bit. As long as I'm underneath this umbrella, I've got a shield of protection over top of me. I'm protected from the rain. I don't get wet. Um, the rain you know, can fall down beside me. But if I if I'm outside the shield of the umbrella right here, the rain can hit me, and I'm no longer protected by the umbrella. And um, I like to picture that, that that's a good visualization for me. And I like to kind of visualize the rain as Satan's attacks and this umbrella as the authority of God's... If I stay under the authority of God, I'm protected by God. 
And I think the same thing also applies for children if they stay under the authority of their parents and likewise, you know, just down whatever authority you're underneath of. Mark 3, verse 27 says, and actually this is Jesus speaking here, that no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. So there, there's an authority structure there. You have the strong man, that's the authority. He's, if we stay, as long as you stay in the house with the strong man, you're protected. But if the strong man is taken out, then um, you're no longer protected. So uh, we have to trust our authority, back to trust. We have to trust the word of God. We have to have faith. Psalms 18.30 says that God is a buckler, and, and it uses the word buckler there. Psalms 18.30 says, God is a buckler to all those that trust in him. That's faith. Faith is so important on our part. We're told in Ephesians 6, verse 16, you're familiar with the different symbols of the, you know, the helmet of salvation, and then we have the sword of the Spirit, and we also have the shield of faith. To put on the shield of faith, and this is not a buckler. When I, uh, it was compared, when I looked this up, it was compared to a large shield, and it was compared to the size of a door. Uh, so, so it was a large shield that um, in, in Ephesians 6 there, from what, the way I understood it. So our faith and trust in God, as we have faith, as we have trust in God, in his word, it will shield us from attacks from Satan. And I'd like to close with uh, two promises, two verses in Psalms 34, verse 7. I'll read, just, I've got that one written down here. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and he delivereth him. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them. There's a shield, there's a protection around those people that fear him, and then he will deliver them. Psalms 120, 125, verses one and two, and I'll close with that. They that trust in the Lord, have faith in the Lord, shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, picture mountains all about, round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever.